Hey y'all, welcome back to Love, Sweat, and Tears, Ingredients for Transformative Campus Leadership. Today I'm talking with Andrew Murata, who has been a high school and middle school principal in his district for 19 years and is now kind of transitioning into a role of an administrator coach. Um, he does that in his district, but he also does it across the nation as well, speaking at events. He's written several books. Um, I can't wait for you to hear some of the stories that he tells. I loved talking to him because he just, every message that he had was told in the story and um, it just made it so memorable and so easy to listen to. And I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's dive in. Andrew Murata, it is great to have you here on Love, Sweat, and Tears today. Now, are you are you finished with the school year or are y'all still We're going? We're still going. We go to uh, deep okay. in June, Beth, deep. Ooh, okay. Do you like that? Do you like, do you have a shorter summer? Do you start later also? We, we're Memorial Day. Uh, oh, sorry, La- Labor okay. Day. Sorry, Labor Day. Uh, we're too okay. busy Labor okay. Day. It's all, it's all I know. It's what I did when I was a student. It's what I've done. Here. So, so mm-hmm. I hear these schools in out west and different places, they're done on Memorial Day. And it's like, wow. You know, mm-hmm. But then they're in school on August you know, 10th. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We start school August 10th. Get this year. Out. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you know what, man, it's so hot here at that time, especially in August. August is the worst wow. here. So it's like, no one wants to be outside. No one wants to be doing everything. Like we're just, we're ready to like be back inside air conditioned buildings. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. We are here to talk all things principles, campus leadership. I can't wait to kind of dig into what you're doing right now. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit about your background. And I would love to start with what you were like as a student in school. Yeah, I I was compliant, Beth. I was born in a a strict uh, Catholic family. I was the fourth kid. Uh, My brothers and sisters wore out the teaching staff before I got there. there was a uh, reputation of a lot of Murata. Um, okay, I like we're that. We're blessed with a uh, you know personality and, and a boldness mm-hmm. uh, that has helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. but I was the fourth one. We went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school for thirteen years, and uh, okay. my parents wanted that Catholic education, and uh, mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved school. I loved my teachers. We went. Mm-hmm. We had perfect attendance. You know, school was canceled due to snow. Mm-hmm. We went. My parents were tough. There was no excuses. Mm. If I didn't have my homework done, I was in trouble at home. Uh, God forbid I got in mm. trouble at school. I got in double trouble at home. So uh, mm. there was a lot of support from my parents, but there was an expectation that we needed yeah. to do well in school and we were to take sure. it seriously. So uh, mm. we sure. did that. Where did that come from? Were your parents educators or like what, why did they have those like really high expectations? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think their parents, uh, they were old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew education yeah. is the key. Uh, they both yeah. were college graduates. Um, okay. And um, it was the expectation. I knew I was going to college, mm. you know, first, second grade. I, I okay. knew that that was my path. There wasn't really a choice. And if mm-hmm. we didn't have our schoolwork done or we were, you know, the, the, nothing else was happening. There was no games. There was no teams. There was no sports. Sure. It's just, it's just yeah. how they were. Yeah. So when was it that you kind of discovered a love for education or did you know that 
as a student in high school? Did you find that out later in life? Yeah, it's funny. I know exactly when it was. Uh, it was my sophomore year of college. I was coaching at a basketball camp in the summer, and I was the summer counselor. And I was like, wow, this is great. I love coaching these kids, right? We had a timeout bet, that I, and I would teach you how to make a layup. The game would go on, and then you would make the layup, and you would look over at me and like, I did it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I just loved the energy of the kids. Uh, and I was kind of like, I really like this. How can I keep coaching basketball camp in the summer? Yeah. I was like, well, why don't you think about teaching? And bah, bah, bah. My father was a, uh, a pharmacist. My mother was a medical technologist. Okay. My brother went into chemistry. Okay. So it was kind of like, all right, I'll be a science teacher. You know, I always like science, uh, watching my dad, you know, mix mix up stuff in the pharmacy. Uh, so it was right there, sophomore year, summer, sophomore year of, of college. I was like, yep. And that was it. All right. So then did you jump straight into the classroom after that? Like, what was the transition into the classroom? Yeah, like? literally. I graduated in May. Uh, I was in grad yeah. school in the fall. And I wasn't okay. certified. I was, you know, I just, I just had graduated college. I was observing yeah. in late September, early October. Okay. I was there probably two weeks uh, and I got paged to the principal's office. I was leaving and I was like, there's no way they're calling me. Like, there's got to be another Andrew Murata here. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the principal said, the teacher just quit. Do you want the job? And, and I was like, I'm, I'm not certified. I don't, I don't know how to teach. Sure you do. Uh -huh. You've been in there two weeks. I'm like, I'm not certified. You'll be certified tomorrow. I was like, can I make a phone call? You know, and I called my parents and my dad said, Andrew, are you crazy? You telling me you don't have to student teach and you could start getting paid tomorrow and be certified and start teaching. You absolutely take yeah. that job. And he said something that rang, you know, in my ears, uh, not mm -hmm. how good the opportunity is. It's how good you are to the opportunity. So go in there and do a great job. Mm. And that was it. Did you have a relationship with that principal that called you? Like, why Why did they call you Because I was there. <laughs> I was there. So I did not have a relationship. Yeah. They just knew there was another semi-adult uh, in the room. Yeah. And uh, bam, I was teaching the next day. So what, what was that like? What were those students like receiving you, this young, brand new teacher into their class? Yeah, I got my butt kicked for eight, eight nine months. I had a couple old school yeah. mentors. Uh, I think they smelled fresh meat and uh, they, they tried yeah. to take it to me. Uh, but that's how I learned, right? I, I, you know, I yeah. had some tough mentors that, that did not uh, coddle me. They, Andrew, you better respond. You better call the parent. You better have a better lesson tomorrow. Don't take that, you know, you know what from them. Uh, and they taught me how to survive. It was called the Frank Sinatra school, Beth, that if you could make it there, you can make it anyway. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't the name of the school. That was the, okay. name, I was like, that was the, name, the <laughs> informal name from the teachers. Sure, you, you know, you got to sure. survive there. Yeah. So it was a rough, was a rough the whole the school yeah. itself was yeah. rough. Yeah. So how long were you there at that campus? And when was it in your teaching career that you kind of transitioned out of the classroom and into administration? Yeah, I was there for a few years. I transitioned to a middle school for a few years. New York City is a little different, uh, but it was when I moved. Uh, oh, this was in Yeah, the it was city? in New York City. Yeah, it was oh, in New York City. Okay. I grew up in Staten Island, New York. And, uh, okay. 
It was when my wife and I moved in 05. Uh, we were moving. Okay. We were building a home. Uh, we knew that my wife wanted to stay home with our children, which we didn't have yet. Mm. So it was like, well, how mm. can we afford to do that? How can I make more income while being an educator? You know, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Uh, so one thing led to another. I got the certification, but we were moving. And uh, I literally, we moved into our house at the beginning of May. I got the job up here in Port Jervis, New York uh, in April. The timing was incredible. So uh, uh, wow. it worked out, but I became an assistant principal yeah. here in Port Jervis, New York. And is that where you started? I'm here, baby. Poor proud. Wow. So how many years yeah, has that been This is my now? 19th year. Wow. That's a big deal. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Man, and so you have been in administration at that school for nearly 20 years. You see all this gray now. hair, Beth? You see? Look at this. <laughs> We're recording this on a Friday afternoon, and I look at my calendar. I said, yeah. oh, am I crazy? Uh, yeah. But I've grown to love this. It's become a second home to me. Uh, we mm. have done great work here, and I'm proud of our, our school community. But I'm proud. I look back at, yeah. at what yeah. I've been through and the work uh, uh, was done. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. 19 years, my 19th year. Man, that longevity is just so great for a campus. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you know the um, history of things. You know why things were done. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, you know all the players. You, you know, you know the ins and outs. Yeah. I mean, I have my students. When I was the high school principal for all those years, I'm the middle mm -hmm. school principal now. I have my high school students' okay. children in middle school. You know, yeah. so yep. I was their principal. <laughs> They know how I yeah. am. And when their ch child is saying, oh, Mr. Murad is being this, they know me. So they're like, no. uh -huh. so that familiarity is good. It's a good thing. I'm curious, what, how have things changed over your years? So like, what have, what trends have you seen come and go? What has that been like being kind of at one place that long as things changed around yeah. you? Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a, a change of good, right? I, I have a picture hanging here in my office. Where is it? It's somewhere here. I'm, I'm in a temporary office now, so my, everything's turned upside down. But it's a picture of, of green grass. It's just literally a, a green grass. Mm. And mm. I keep it because I'm reminded that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, right? There was other opportunities mm. at other schools and maybe this and maybe that. And, ooh, I want to go to a good school. This is a good school. It is a good community. Um, we have changed for the better. Our budget um, consistently passing. Our campus, um, this was an old factory town, an old blue collar town. Everybody mm -hmm. smoked on the campus. The kids smoked, the adults yeah. smoked. But when I got yeah. here, I was like, what is this? Smelt like an ashtray in the school. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, but after years yeah. of fighting, I'm relentless, Beth. Uh, you're getting to know me a little bit, but I am relentless. And mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. clean this place up. Uh, physically, first the campus. Mm -hmm beautified the campus and then we we cleaned up the the academics we're on our way we used to have a graduation rate in the low 60s and we're almost at 90 now and wow that is a big deal yeah, it was a great journey and that's why i'm proud i'm proud of what what we've done port pride uh means a lot you said that you beautified the building and then kind of focused on the academics was that strategic or was that just kind of how things yeah happened? um it was a it was a survival we couldn't clean up what was mm -hmm. happening in the classroom unless there was a respect mm -hmm. for the environment 
If there was garbage all over, graffiti all over, if it says F you on the desk you're trying to read literature on, mm-hmm. what does it say about what you're trying to do? We cleaned it up. I was relentless mm-hmm. with graffiti, our custodians, mm-hmm. we'd clean up. I'd be on the loudspeaker. I'm looking for some student volunteers to help clean up. Kids would come out. Uh, it took a long time to change the culture of it's not acceptable to treat mm-hmm. our campus like this. Um, it became yeah. a long time. I would have kids help plant flowers. I'd have kids help do things. And that kid that helped plant the flower, uh, you know, if anybody was damaging it, throwing a milk container in it, they'd say, yo, hey, I planted that. Don't, don't, be, yeah. don't be littering there. Right. Um, and that, it just it took a long time. But we weren't going to we weren't going to uh, 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 allow it. Think about Beth, when you go to stay at an Airbnb or you go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? Number one, the first thing you do is check the reviews. But number two, if yep. the foyer is dirty, if you open the front door to that Airbnb yeah. that you can't wait to go to and it feels dirty, you are not going to have a good feeling about staying there. And I felt the same yeah. way about our school. Um, yeah. So we really focused on cleaning it up. And once we did that, it, we really f- then focused on the academics of what was happening in the classrooms. Mm. Is that something that you still fight, kind of that respect for the building and for the space? Or has it kind of like baked into the ethos of the campus? The second one, I, I've transitioned to the middle school now. I did 16 years at, the, at that high school, so I was ready for a change. Uh, so I've kind of handed that over. Uh, and, and again, you know, things change. I'm not the principal anymore. So uh, there's other focuses, you know, um, uh, but it, that is the expectation that that has remained, which I'm very proud about. Now, I know you also did some refereeing. How, you know, I hear this story. You were in college. You found education. You went straight for it. How did you get roped into refereeing? Yeah, yeah that same basketball camp <laughs> one time. Yeah. Okay. I was like, hey, Andrew, you know, you want to ref this game after uh, camp? And I'm like, I'm not a ref. You know, I'm a player. No, I'm not in a ref yeah. game. He's like, come on, Andrew, you're tough. You know the game. You you can run up and down well. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'll pay you 25 bucks. I'm like, what? You'll pay me 25 bucks? All I got to do is work one hour for 25 bucks? Sure, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and the game started. I'm running up and down. And then there's a collision. Bam. Two kids, you know. And I'm looking at it like, oh, that's a foul. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I got to blow the burp, you know, and I blow the whistle. And I'm like, everybody <laughs> yeah. looked at me and I'm like, yeah, that was a foul. And, they, and, they, you know, and then, and it was like, wow, I really like that. It's like a, a mm-hmm. conductor conducting an orchestra, all these moving parts. And then, bam, you, you have to make a decision. Uh, and I loved it. I have ADD, Beth, mm-hmm. undiagnosed. It's a superpower, not a disability. Uh, but that ADD and the action of the game and the fast movingness uh, connected with me. Uh, I love the running. I love the outlet. Uh, and it was an instant connection uh, to feeling comfortable, as referees say, within those lines. People think it's chaos and everyone's yelling at you. There's a comfort in there of being in charge of that crazy orchestra, being in charge of that game to know that you're good enough to do that. Uh, there was a comfort between the lines that I felt instantly. Interesting. You don't hear that very often. Yeah. Well, cause people think it's Help. like, Oh, you're getting yelled at this yeah. pressure. Right. There's this, right. Uh, you know, I, I thrived under that pressure. I, I was ready for mm. that. I was the one, 
you know, create, you know, creating the conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you're doing that and administrating a school. How did those things like influence each other? Yeah, good question. (laughs) Good question. Uh, It was a balance. It was a balance of my time. It was a balance of my focus. Uh, There was certainly a large component here in Port Jervis that did not like the fact that I refereed. Uh, One of the components is I was allowed to take vacation days. You're allowed to take vacation days. If I wanted to jump on a plane and go to the beach, it was my vacation day. If I wanted to jump in a car and go ref a game in Virginia and drive back home overnight and be at school the next day, it was a vacation day. There was no dictating. I wanted to go home and go sleep for the day because it was my vacation day. I could do that. I had a freedom to do that. I had a right to do that. People didn't like that I was out refereeing. The games were on TV. He wasn't in school today. He's this guy on TV, ESPN. He wasn't at school. Uh, The flip side of that is the kids, and a lot of people loved it, that they would put the ESPN on, and there's my principal. The next day, you know, I was in North Carolina at 730 at night, and the next day I'm in the hallway at 730 in the morning, and they're like, Mr. Murata, I just saw you on TV. How did you get here? And I'd say it's magic, you know. (laughs) But I I would hire a driver a lot of times, Beth. Uh, I drive quick, but even I, I drove home overnight from North Carolina. Um, uh, I'd have a driver. I'd sleep in the car. Um, and those were long nights, but I wanted to get back for school. Uh, so when I mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't miss two days in a row, I was able mm-hmm. to get there. But I thrived on it again, that energy that, uh, as yeah. I call it, being on the edge, right? Uh, having mm-hmm. a, a kid or a difficult situation at school was easy compared to having 20,000 people at University of North Carolina yelling at me the night before, you know, mm-hmm. a, a minor conflict in the hallway the next day is no big deal. Uh, you know, so yeah. I was ready to handle that. Uh, it was a lot of juggling. I dedicated my book, uh, Tales from the Hardwood, to my wife. I would not have been able to do it without my wife um, and, and my assistant principals. Uh, they, were, you know, they would cover for me uh, for mm-hmm. meetings, yeah. if there was stuff. I'd be on my laptop the whole way in the car. Um, after the game, I'd be back on my laptop. And then I forced myself to be more energized the next day. I was never like, oh, I'm so tired. I was up all night. Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. No way. I was I was focused because I didn't want the naysayers saying, oh, he's, he's, really, he's really dragging today. I didn't want that. Yeah. So it was great. I loved it. It was a great, it was a great run. I hear you t- you talking about surviving and thriving a lot, and it sounds like you've really learned how to do that in chaos, in overwhelm, in like excessive situations. Where does that come from for you? Like how how is it that you've I don't know figured out how to thrive in all of the things going yeah. on? Yeah, thank you. Uh, good question. Um, I grew up in a big family, Beth. I grew up in busy Staten yeah. Island. You know, you weren't hustling to the table. You weren't you weren't getting food. Uh, uh, my yeah. baseball team, there was no, you know, there was no kind of every kid plays, everybody gets a trophy. I didn't grow up in that environment. I tried out for my freshman basketball team. There was 100 kids at tryout, 100, and they took 12. You know, that's a competitive yeah. environment as a 14-year-old um, yeah. that I made the team. Um, my dad and mom didn't, didn't give us an inch. Um, 
you know, just that was the environment I grew up in, survival of the fittest. And I believe you have to earn everything you get. Um, and, but those were decisions too. I could have not done any of that. I could have gone home and gone to sleep. I could have gone home, you know, um, I, I live a full life, Beth, you know, I don't know if you ever seen in, in seven habits where they, the big rocks and the little rocks, the big Mm -hmm. rocks in, and then they pour the little rocks and then they even say, you know, and there's a time for a cup of coffee and they pour a liquid in Mm -hmm. there. Uh, when it's all said and done, I want to, I want to know that I, I lived a, a full life. Um, and mm. I did some, some fun things. Um, mm. but life is short, you know, uh, I think, I think yeah. we regret the things we don't do, uh, versus the things I did. Like, I don't look back at that career saying, wow, you know, it sucked reffing all those games and doing all those things. And, mm-hmm. You know, I went to. I went to California, I went to Texas, I went to uh, uh, the Virgin Islands, I've been to Florida, I've been to Maine, I've been, you know, it was, it was a fun run, it was a cool thing. And I learned a lot about life in the, the, that journey, um, being in those pressure situations, how to handle people being mad at you, how to enforce the rules when it's uncomfortable. And those are a lot of things that you need as a school leader to, to do a good job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Tell me what specifically what you learned about, you talk about the power of presence and how to harness yeah. that. How did like, tell me some of that about how you, how you learned that and how you teach yeah. that. I think you teach it by, you have to go through the experiences. You could tell a new principal all you want. Hey, you got to be a good speaker. When you stand in front of 900 kids in the auditorium, you have to connect with them. They can't stand behind the podium and da, 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 da. Well, you know, mm-hmm. on the court, when there's 15,000 people in the stands, you have to show strength without arrogance. Mm-hmm. You have to show an energy yeah. that you're into what you're doing. Um, and yeah. it, it's the same thing in school. If I walk down the hallway with my shoulders slumped and I just, hey, kids, you know, hey, hey, versus, come on, guys. Hey, let's go. Let's have a great day. And I'm high-fiving. Um, there's presence there. There's energy there. I think that's contagious. Mm-hmm. Um you know, enforcing the rules of, of, of mm. organization in the school. No, you're not allowed to wear your hood in the hallway. And here's why. And I'm going to enforce the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tell a kid on the court, hey, hands off, take your hands off. Right. I'm saying it in a way that registers. That I'm serious, but I'm not screaming at them mm-hmm. in the hallway. Take your Beth, take your hood off. You understand the rules. I've explained those rules to you, Beth. And then. Do I call the foul and give Beth detention or is the warning enough, right? Is Beth having a bad day? Did Beth just break up with her boyfriend and she's crying and that's why she's got a hood on? So am I the non-observant principal that doesn't know Beth just broke up with her boyfriend versus, hey, Beth, I know you're upset. Come on in here. Let me let you calm down. Let me get you something to eat and drink. I'm going to give you 15 minutes that you can sit in your hood and have a, a cradle on you and then we got to get moving. You know, things like that, that you, you know when to blow the whistle and when not to. You know when to enforce the rules. You know, and then the teachers and the kids in the hallway, oh, he's letting Beth wear her hood. I, I'm going to wear mine. Well, no, yeah. Beth had a different situation going on, so don't throw that in my face. And mm-hmm. you, you just learn to navigate these. They can be difficult situations. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I learned one from the other. And they also helped me de-stress, Beth. When I was on the court, I wasn't mm. thinking about that kid that refused to take his hood off. And when I was in school the next day, I wasn't thinking about the call 
that I made that was wrong the night before. I was focused on being where my feet are and being present because I had to be my best self in those in those moments. You know, if you if you're not a good principal, you're going to you're going to get steamrolled. If you're not a good referee, you're going to get steamrolled. And, and I wasn't going to have that happen to me. But mm, that, that reminds me of that relentlessness that you mentioned earlier. And in a previous conversation, you talked about there being a big difference between being relentless and being unbreakable. Can you tell me more about that difference between those two things and um, why you strive to be relentless rather than Yeah, you got, you got a good memory. <laughs> good question. Love, love your <laughs> questions. Yeah. Uh, we all break. We all make mistakes. We all do it. You're not going to, you know, you, you could have, have a great party at your house. You could Someone's going to break one of those fancy wine glasses. They, they're good. Mm-hmm. Is that is that yeah. going to ruin yeah. your party? Is your party unbreakable? No, mm-hmm. no. But you will have a relentless uh, um, drive to have an amazing event. Um, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you're going to land amongst the stars. If there is a willingness to work, if there is a willingness mm-hmm. that I'm going to clean up this school, they are not going to continue to smoke in these bathrooms. I am going to have flowers in front that are not going to get trampled on. And if they trample on them, I'm going back to get the card from the district office. I'm going to Home Depot and I'm coming back here at seven o'clock at night and I'm going to replant them. And I'm going to be standing right in front of those flowers tomorrow, the next day saying, Hey, make sure you walk around. We have poor pride. We're, we're, you know, um, I, you know, I've had some experiences, uh, that, that left an impact on me. My dad was a tough, Mm -hmm. tough guy, Beth. At a farm, a pharmacy. It's the first story in my in my book, The Principal Surviving and Thriving. The first story, and he had a pharmacy. It was in a bad neighborhood. I grew up in a rough neighborhood, and uh, there was graffiti on the building. And my dad, I get there, you know, I did everything in the pharmacy, running around. Um, he'd say, "Andrew, go paint the graffiti." I said, "All right." I go out there and I paint over it. It's, you know, a nice tan wall, right? Next day, graffiti's back. Andrew, go paint it. Dad, I just did it yesterday. Andrew, go paint it. Paint it again. Next day, they come back. This happened for about a week. Give me the paint can. Andrew, go. Dad, just leave it. It doesn't matter. They're going to keep coming back. And he said, no, this is my store. I'm not having that. I'm not having that graffiti on my store. You paint it or I'm going to get somebody that will. This is your job. Go paint it. And then you know what happened, Dad? The next day, there there was no paint. There was no, there was no graffiti, and 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 he was relentless in having the front of his store clean, and yeah. I, I I understood the importance of that. Even though there was graffiti in the neighborhood, yeah. we were making our shop great, and I had to sweep yeah. the front, and I, you know, uh, you know. So I just it, you had your initial question, right? Well, how do you learn it? You learn just my experiences, but I want my kids here in Port Jervis to have an amazing school experience. And I have a direct impact on that. If they feel that the school is dirty, if they feel that the bathroom smells like there's a, there's an uncomfortableness that kids don't want to be here. Well, I'm trying to make a school where kids want to get in. Not, they can't wait till they get out. And I'm in charge of that. You know, that's a, that's a big responsibility. Uh, You know, what, what do they say in star Wars? What did, what Yoda say? With great uh, power comes great responsibility. Well, I don't use that word power with a position. 
But I know there's great responsibility in my role to make this a great job. And, and it's my job. Because if I don't care, why should anybody else care? Yeah. How do you encourage your teachers? Do you find that your staff gets discouraged? Or do you find that they kind of, you know, see your relentlessness and join you in that? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I try to create ownership. Think about a rental car, mm-hmm. Beth, right? You rent the car. You're not washing it. You're not changing the oil. You hit the curb with the tire. You don't really care because you're renting. Mm-hmm. When you own the car, yeah. you treat it a little differently. I'm trying to create owners here, not people that mm-hmm. rent in terms of their mm-hmm. work. I just work yeah. here. That drives me crazy when people say that. I need mm-hmm. you to be an owner in what we're doing. How do you create? How yeah. do you create care? You know. Um, that's a, that's a challenge, right? People do get discouraged, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they don't get a position yeah. they think they should get. Maybe they don't get to teach mm-hmm. the class. They think they, they get disgruntled, right? Well, screw him, screw mm-hmm. them. I'm gonna, yeah. Um, I think you, you know, but, the, but the, me showing energy, me showing up early, me, me being visible, me caring. Mm-hmm. I think it, there mm-hmm. is some contagiousness there. Uh, I yeah. think there is an organic spirit there that is intentional mm-hmm. on my part. Um, but I'm trying yeah. to create owners and then I'm trying to create, you know, I love Todd Whitaker. Todd Whitaker says, well, how do you make mm. the other teachers like the best teachers, right? How do you yeah. celebrate those great teachers uh, that, that are doing it? That doesn't make the other people feel right. bad, but makes them say, right. Ooh, how do I, how do I do more of that? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important yeah. that we celebrate the good things going on. I think it's important we model it. I see something great in the classroom. Yeah. I want to I want to push it out there, saying, "Hey, check out this great resource uh, Teacher Beth is doing uh, in, in this thing. things yeah. like that." I hear you in almost all of the answers that you're giving me. You're giving me some kind of story where I can see, you know, how you drew these conclusions and where they come from. Do you use that a lot as a principal? all the time? Story, stories, mm. uh, facts tell, stories sell, mm. right? And I'm selling poor service. Mm. I'm selling. Uh, uh, a belief in what we're doing is right. And then when the numbers match, hey, look at this graduation rate. Hey, look at this participation rate. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, you know, there's the evidence. Wow. Okay. It is yeah. working. When I get emails yeah. like I got today uh, from a parent, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't get a lot of pats on the backs in this job, but when you get them, it's like, wow, I know what I'm doing is mm-hmm. having an impact. And you have to have that self-belief yeah. that, not that you're doing everything perfect, right? Back to your unbroken versus relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, not every not every parent is saying that, but the ones that do. Right. Uh, and a, another one with that, Beth, I believe in the five SWs. Uh, along with the, yeah, tell yeah, me about that. Sometimes it will, sometimes mm-hmm. it won't. So what? Stick with it. Somebody is waiting, right? Those five SWs, mm-hmm. uh, and that goes back to being relentless because you got to get the next one. When I, I never had a perfect game as a referee. You never got every call right. That's unbreakable, right? The goal was to get the, to yeah. get the next one right. And that is being relentless mm. in, to try to get the play correct. Being relentless and trying to get your relationships right here in, here yeah. in school. The situational uh, things. I bet the other day I had a very tricky situation that a, a special needs student Cause some vandalism in the bathroom with uh, mm. some items in the bathroom. If you're following along, okay. 
Sure. And that, mm-hmm. that was how do you sure. hold that kid accountable who was angry, yeah. who doesn't know how to process that anger and did something highly yeah. inappropriate in the bathroom. Um, and we tried to navigate that, but I wasn't going to have that in my bathroom, you know, regardless yeah. of who you are. But that kid had to be handled a little differently uh, than, mm-hmm. than, than someone else. So having those that situational awareness to try to get these things right, mm-hmm. I think is important. I, I want to talk more about surviving and thriving and why that concept was central to the book that you wrote for principles. Um, you know, creating this campus culture and creating this place that you can survive and thrive in. Um, where did that lesson come from for you and why is it so important? Yeah, you got good questions. <laughs> Yeah, I try. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. I, I go very quickly uh, a lot. You know, I want I want to be quick, but not in a hurry. Uh, I I do have some spaces and places in my life where I can reflect, Beth, where I can mm. kind of have some quiet time. I have a little getaway here, okay. an hour from where I work that I go. It's an Airbnb, mm. and I sit quiet. And I I like kind of vision boards. And when I wrote when okay. I wrote the book when I back in 2015, 2016, when I was kind of thinking like, hmm, um, I like to kind of throw a lot of things almost like on a canvas. And, and who do I represent? What what do I stand for? As I was kind of yeah. building this brand, thinking about it, I wanted something that was evergreen. I wanted something that people could relate to. I wanted something that was real to me. Uh, not something I was trying to be, but something I am. I could be proud of that my kids and my wife could be proud of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of, I, you know, I don't, I like to have what's called downloads. John Gordon talks about downloads. I get these downloads in my head. I always keep my notebook. Mm-hmm. I always have Siri going. I'm making reminders, post-it notes. I got you know, all mm-hmm. of And it just came to me. I, I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. moment. Um, but I can tell you where I'm at right now, Beth. I don't know if the visual, I just got this tattoo a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that, you know, my logo. And then I have my children's uh, wow. children and my wife's name on here, you know? Yeah. So I know where I'm at now that I'm all in on mm. the surviving and thriving. Um, but you know, the points that the, the, the things in my circle, the excellence and energy, uh, enthusiasm, yeah. extra effort. All of those kinds of things yeah. I stood for. I had a graphic designer kind of put it together for me, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's it." Oh man! Uh-huh. It just kind of came, but I I need that quiet time. I'm like the horse with the blinders. Mm. I need that focus, that quiet focus, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I kind of just I can work well in those quiet things, and it, and it just kind of just kind of kind of came. Because this this hmm. job will, will will kill you. Uh, this job, will, yeah. you, you got to be a tough son of a gun. And in the same day, in the same hour, in the same period, you can be surviving and thriving. You know, it's uh, it's you know. Yeah. So th- that mentality of that, the five SWs and the relentlessness, I think goes to that. You know. Yeah, I love it. And you know, I mean, I don't need to tell principals why that's important. Like it's yeah. just. There's so much that comes at you from all of these different stakeholders and people that all want different things and all want you to serve them. Mm -hmm. Trying to balance that can be crushing. Mm -hmm. 
I'd love to hear about how you manage that, how you manage building relationships with your students and your teachers and your parents and your district. How, what does that look like for you? Yeah, uh, it looks like visibility. Um, okay. I, you know, some leaders lead from the back, some leaders lead mm-hmm. from the front. I'm a front, front person. I'm, you know, I want to be the voice okay. on the answer machine. I want to be the, 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 okay. the call going home. I, I, I'm very visible. Um, I want to provide clear messages of, of what's accepted and what's not accepted, right? What is Port Pride? What does that mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. What does it look Mm -hmm. like? I run a a workshop here in Port Jervis called Port Jervis, uh, Port Pride in Action, right? What is it? What is that? What does it look like? Um, I think you have to be authentic. Uh, I'm not going to say something Mm -hmm. to you, Beth, that I'm not going to be to somebody else. Um, I literally Mm -hmm. wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, and, yep. and again, some people don't like that, but that's, that's authentic. I am who you're getting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's gotta be a humbleness of, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the hardest working person here. There's some really hard workers here. Um, mm-hmm. but I want to get people rowing in the right direction. And I think they know that. I think there's an authenticity. Uh, there was mm-hmm. five principles in three years before I got here. And I got the question a lot, but where are you going next? You know, what, what, where, you know, what's next? And I said, well, I'm going right here. And they were like, well, no one comes and stays here, Andrew, you know, where you go. And I'm proud that I did stay here and and I earned the respect of, of the people here because I was an outsider. I moved from New York city. I was not a Port Mm -hmm. Jervian. I I am now. You know, yeah. and that takes time. That takes consistency. That takes showing up. Um, but back to your question, I think you, you're authentic in your actions when you're constantly doing good things for kids and, and people. Um, it doesn't reach everybody, but it reaches those ones. Think of that starfish story, right? Why are you throwing that starfish back in the, in the water? Well, mm-hmm. I'm saving that one. Well, you got all these starfish here on the beach. You can't save them all. I can save that one. Yeah. I'm making authentic, impactful, intentional actions uh, that I think people know are real. So to stay in the game as long as you have, you know, you talked a little bit about going to your Airbnb and um, having that quiet time to kind of balance the chaos. What else do you do to make sure that you have energy to give, to make sure that you show up every day? with that energy to fill this role that you've created for yourself and how can other principles do yeah. that you can't pour from an empty cup right beth uh, right i read the miracle morning by hal arod uh, so i okay. practice savers in the miracle morning i learned about savers every day okay. before school beth every day i got to do it every day silence affirmation visualization exercise, reading, and scribing. I'll say them again. Mm. Silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Uh, I do those Mm. six things every day and they fill my bucket. Uh, I have to tell myself Mm. I'm good enough, right? Here's an affirmation, right? Put your hand up, Beth. Do it with me, right? I. No, you got to do it with your fingers here. Ready? I. Oh, okay. I I. can. Do. Can. This 
I this. can do this. That's an affirmation, right? Before I go into that meeting, mm-hmm. when I'm shaving in the morning, I look at myself, I can do this. I'm going to be a great principal today. I visualize myself mm-hmm. being a great principal today. I see myself in the hallway, high-fiving kids and putting a smile on my face and walking into a classroom mm-hmm. and saying, Beth, you're a great teacher. Thank you for everything. Smiling at them, mm-hmm. showing them I want to be here. I'm glad you're here. I hope you have a great day, right? I got that exercise in. I do some short readings. And I, I do a lot of talk to text. So that's my scribing mm. a lot. Uh, but I always do um, I always do a, a, a gratitude, a couple lines about gratitude every morning. When you leave with gratitude, when it's on your mind, you're thankful for what you have. It's currently right now 342 on a Friday afternoon, Beth. And I'm meeting my wife at 445 today. Uh, we're going to mm. go for a walk. No cell phone, no kids, no nothing. We're going to go for a walk and just have quiet time, yeah. her and I. So... Um, I schedule all of these things. Yeah, I'm very intentional about really my time, do. and and you got to schedule it because if you're floating around like a like a, a a seed in the air in the summertime, and it's just letting the wind take you where you're at, it's like yeah. scrolling on your phone with Facebook. You get lost in that. Right. Whereas I'm t- very right. intentional about my time. I want to. I want you to tell me about hats. I know this is kind of something that you've got cooking. Tell me, you know, you you do these things to make sure that you have the energy to pour from your cup. So then, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, Well, the hats is is coming. It's uh, it's coming summer of 2023. Heartfelt acts for teachers, students, Ooh. and staff. Oh, you were asking the dad about. Oh, uh-huh. I thought you were talking about. The- no, 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 no. That, that's no. That's oh, what I was okay. asking about. Yeah. Yes, no. Yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah. I wanna, so yeah. That's my latest project. It's coming out uh, this mm-hmm. this summer. I wrote it with Jay Billy and Brian McCann, two two school leaders here from the Northeast. Um, but that's what it is. Hats. Heartfelt mm-hmm. acts for teachers, students, and staff. What are things that you can do, like you said, to help? Fill their bucket. Uh, one one quick yeah. story. We have a special needs class. I love those kids. Okay. I just played Uno with them here on Friday afternoon. It was great. Um, mm. But I watched the documentary about the first person with Down syndrome who ran a Ironman. Not a not a you know a little he ran an Ironman. Sure. Wow. I was like, yeah. well, I, I can't do an Ironman with these guys, but. Yeah. But I, I want to do something with them. So we did our community 5K, uh, you know, wow. 3.2 miles. It runs through our campus. Uh, we exercise with the kids. We worked up from a half a mile to three quarters of a mile to a mile to a mile and a half to two miles was the most we did training. We, we got them shirts. We got water. We yeah. got this. We had cheering people. We had and, and we did it on that Sunday. Uh, we did it. And those kids did a 5K. And. It was awesome. And that was one example of a heartfelt act that I felt could have a deep impact, not only for those kids, but for the other kids that might look at them and say, oh, it's that kid. Or, oh, those kids achieved something that a lot of people didn't think they could. And uh, to me, that is a huge win. Uh, And again, an intentional, heartfelt act. So, uh, the book has a hundred plus of those types of stories and wow. things that you could do in schools to inspire uh, a lot of people. Oh man, that's awesome. Where, like, where have you kind of gotten your ideas for that over the years? Do you find inspiration from other principals? Do you just get ideas? Do you see teachers doing this for other teachers? Like 
what are some of the ways that you've found these different things over the yeah. years? Uh, I read Teach Like a Pirate years ago by Dave Burgess, Beth. Mm. And mm-hmm. in that book, he talks about opening your RAS, your reticular mm. activating system. That is the filter in your brain, right? I was a science teacher mm-hmm. kind of thinking about, uh, and my brain is a, is a turbocharged Tesla. I got this thing, like, it's unbelievable. It just, it goes, you know, and I've learned to control that, um, Mm-hmm. But when you open your RAS to, to look for something specific, it's the filter in your brain. I'm constantly mm-hmm. looking for these types of little things that I could do that have a deep impact. Uh, I'm here in my office, Beth. You know, these are all little birthday cards that are going out to my staff. Oh, my goodness. You, you would think like, ah, oh, birthday card. Like, ah, oh. people appreciate that. And it doesn't just say happy birthday. Yeah. You write a note telling them how good. Uh, they do. I have a teacher here. I don't know if I have the sign here. Uh, I have a teacher here who writes in calligraphy, who every birthday he puts a big sign on their door. It probably takes him three minutes to do the sign in this nice calligraphy. He just paints it and boom, and he tapes it. When that teacher comes in the next day, like, wow, that's incredible. Um, so I look for those things. So like I asked him, hey, man, can we put that in the book? And that's in hats about the calligraphy. Um, When you're looking for them, you find them. When you're looking for stories, uh, you find them. They just, they just kind of come your way. I was in Florida recently. Mm -hmm. And when you're in Florida on the coast, you watch the sunset or you watch the sunrise. Well, that got me looking on weather.com. You know, when does, when does the sunrise? Well, this time of year, it's a minute later each day. So it got me thinking, uh, wow, I got one more minute. And imagine if you had one more minute in real time every day. And I wrote a blog about that, about what would you do with one more minute, right? One more hug, one more email, one more uh, impactful action, one more high five, one more visit to a classroom, uh, one more I love you. Think about that. And, and it, you know, you're know, you not getting a minute in real time. You're getting a minute of more daylight what could you do to make an impact on other people? And, and, and that, yeah. that was just these, these, I'm blessed to get these downloads. Uh, my brain is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you, do you have any systems in place for kind of, you know, as you're doing these things, making sure that there aren't people that kind of fall through the cracks or maybe the wallflower students that don't get seen Um, what do you do to kind of prevent that, to make sure that everyone feels a part of the community? Yeah, I think you have to ask too, right? I can't reach everybody. I know that there are Mm -hmm. kids here that I just don't know their names. Uh, And I'll go up to them. It's June 20. And I'll say, say, Mm -hmm. tell me your name again. I'm so sorry. Um, You know, like that's embarrassing. I feel terrible. I don't know the kid's name, but there are some kids I just haven't made a connection. But like an, an activity that we do with the staff, uh, we do a survey with the kids, right? Um, you know, whether it's on paper, whether it's Google form, you know, name somebody who you have a connection with in the building, right? We're doing this anonymously, but then, you know, uh, uh, yet, do you have somebody that you can connect with this in this building? And they, if they write no, 
and we're going through that data, we are reaching out to that kid. Mm -hmm. We are telling the parent, hey, your kid didn't have a connection here. We want them to join a club. We want them. We're going to intend an adult is going to bring that kid to the art club. They're going to bring him to the cooking club. They're going to bring him to the track team and say, hey, man, we got to get you involved and, and try to try yeah. to force it. Is it going to stick? Not everyone does, right? Sometimes it will, sometimes yeah. it won't. So what? Someone's waiting against stick with it. Uh, but that's an activity where you could catch people. That's an activity where when you ask, right, asking the right questions, do you feel pride in your school? 10 is a yes, zero or one is a no, right? If I'm getting a 4.2, something's wrong, Beth. If I'm getting an 8, if I'm getting an 8.2 and 8.7, okay. All right, good. We're in the right we're in the right direction. But if I'm not asking the question and I'm just running around saying, "Go pour two claps." You, know, you got to get you got to get feedback. Uh, yeah. that feedback can look like a lot of different ways. Um, so you got to ask the right questions. Uh, but your 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 important thing, you know, do, is everyone feel inspired here? Does everyone feel ownership here? No. Can I get every one of them? No. Here's another example, Beth. Years ago, I did this college banner project. I wanted all my staff to have their college banner up. I was relentless. I would put your name, your major, the years you went there, a banner. I was calling colleges, this and that. You know, now it's December. I, I'm still missing these six people. Hey, hey Beth. Yeah. I've asked you six times for your college banner. The Murata, I'm I'm not paying that. I'm not getting that. I don't I don't I think you I think your idea is silly. I'm not doing it. I don't want people to know where I went mm -hmm. to college. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, Beth? I'm gonna purchase it myself. I looked at your on your transcript where you went, boom, boom, boom. Hey, uh college uh so and so. Would you send me a banner? Sure, Mr. Murata. Bam. And I put it up myself. There are some people that just aren't gonna do it. Um and I don't yeah. put a lot of time or stress in there. Uh, I, I, I kind of make it, you know, make what I can happen on my own. But there, there are some that are just not going to get, um, you know. And I can't, I can't devote all that attention to that person. Uh, but I don't want them falling through the cracks either. So you've got this job, which you seem like you're working ninety hours a week at, and then you're also doing all of this other work to support other principles. Can you tell me about that? What you're doing, what you're writing, how you kind of got into this principal coach role and what you're doing yeah. with it. Yeah. Thank you, Beth. And this has been a great interview. Uh, again, back in 2014, 2015, I felt that inspiration to write that book, The Principal Surviving and Thriving. And then the book came out in 2016 and people said, hey, do you do workshops? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, hey, can we get you? How much is it? I'm like, I, I have no idea. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you know? And uh, I didn't even have the workshop. And they were like, well, what are you going to talk on? Yeah. I'm going to talk about the principle, surviving and thriving. And I built yeah. the workshop and I started doing workshops. And again, when I refereed, I put all my heart and energy in there. And then I ran off the court. I showered and I ran out of the arena. And, and, and that was it. Whereas when I do a workshop now, there are hugs, there are tears, there is an emotional impact. And I loved yeah. it. I loved that I was helping other people. And over the next three years, I transitioned. I'm going to say, I don't want to ref anymore. I want, I want to do this. Uh, yeah. So I'm a speaker. I'm an author. Um, I've, I've developed you know, over a dozen kind of workshops and keynotes. And uh, I love to pre present at schools and, and conferences and 
there's an energy there. Uh, I love telling stories in my presentations, making people laugh. Uh, you know, like uh, Beth, what do you call a what do you call a, an educator who's afraid to pass gas in public? A private tutor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. Well, you gotta make people laugh. That's good. Right? Uh, yeah. But I love I love presenting, so I, I I do that. And actually, my district, I've been a principal here 19 years. Uh, starting July one, I'm transitioning to a job with a little less time commitment, the director of academic services and communication, mm. uh, which is going to allow me some more time to present. My my superintendent knows I have this passion for it. Uh, I yeah. love writing the books and. Uh, I'm I'm blessed to be able to do both now. So I will transition to that position yeah. after 19 years as a principal uh, to be able to wow. do a little bit more of both. Oh, man. How does that feel to kind of start that transition away from being on campus? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm signing the end yeah. of the year awards and things. And when it says Andrew Murata principal, you know, and I, I'm kind of saying, wow, this will be the last ones here. It's a little emotional. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a front windshield guy, Beth. I look through the front windshield. I know that if I can help make a principal better or a assistant principal better and yeah. believe in themselves more, uh, that's a great impact. That's a great uh, thing that I'm that I'm thrilled to be able to do. So I'm I'm really excited. Oh. We are, we've kind of come up on our time here, um, but before we go, I want to ask, was there anything else that you would really love to tell our audience or anything else, any you know, kind of parting words that you would have that you would you wish principals could hear more? Yeah, that they, they, they have everything they need inside of them. Uh, we all need coaches. We all need mentors. We all need guides, but they have the skills uh, and, and, you know, to add that commitment to be relentless, to do it. Uh, schools need you. The kids need you. Your communities need you. It's not a nine to five job. It is a all in uh, a, a job and they can do it. Mm -hmm. You can do it. And um, mm -hmm. that's the message I, I think people need to hear. They need to be celebrated for their efforts. They need autonomy. Uh, and they and, you know, but but that they have it. Some of the people don't believe that assistant principal is thinking about, oh, I, I think maybe I could be principal. Yeah. Like they can, right? You just got to jump in the pool and you're going to be relentless to learn how to swim. Uh, yeah. they, they can do it. Yeah. Oh. Thank you so much, Andrew. Um, as people listen to this and they want to hear more from you or read something or um, maybe even like get you to come speak to their community, how can people do that? Very accessible, Beth. AndrewMurata.com with all my information. I'm on Twitter at AndrewMurata21. Okay. And then my email is LLC at gmail.com. Uh, but any of those ways, you can get in touch with me on my website or, or DM me on Twitter. Uh, but I'd love to be in touch with you. I'd love to do a book study with you. I'd love to you know, mm. get books into the hands of your teachers or your administrators. Yeah. And, and I'd love to connect with them. There are, are, are college professors that are using the books in their courses. Mm. Um, wow. But all of those kinds of things to be able to make those connections and, and the traveling. Yeah. I love it. I love jumping on a plane and coming to Texas, coming to wherever yeah. to, to make these things happen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. This was so wonderful. I really appreciate you spending time with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. And best to you, Beth, on your journey. Thanks so much. Bye. What did I tell you? What a storyteller and his 
I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. I won't forget that. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking with you. Um, as always, all of those books that he mentioned and the different resources that he has available, all of that will be linked in the show notes in the description. Um, you can find all of that there. As always, this whole thing is um, produced by Erwin Solbach, and he also did the music that you can hear right now. Our logo and design work is from Alana Kanoy, and this whole shebang is a labor of the most dearest love from the folks at Responsive Learning. Y'all have a good rest of your day. 